One teenage girl started a weekly protest on her government's front lawn, refusing to go to school on Fridays until she saved the world from the doomsday about to hit us all. A man walked by and saw her and was so moved, he decided to help her out by letting her use his social media platform. She went viral, and before you knew it, she was invited to the UN to speak. At least that's the story we're told. But is it the real story? So last week we talked about a vote happening in Toronto to take away our rights to conformed consent with medical procedures vaccinations. We looked at the history of smallpox and polio and how the vaccines were invented and how the debate got started and why the idea of informed consent is somehow controversial now. As a follow-up to that story, the vote passed, there will be no informed consent. To hear about that, go back and listen to the last podcast called Vaccines. This week I'm talking about another controversial topic, We're talking about teens and the climate problem. First, let me go to a place where we all agree, because that's always a good place to go, right? I want to say that there is an actual problem that needs to be addressed. We have 2.9 billion less birds than we used to. They're just gone, mostly because their habitat has been taken down and replaced with cement. It's concerning and something that does need to be fixed. And then there's the ocean that's getting trashed with, well, trash. It's really bad and it's growing. There's rivers in India where dump trucks just pull up to the river and dump full loads of garbage into the river. These rivers are so full of garbage, you can't even tell it's a river. There is video footage that shows men almost able to stand on the river because there's so much garbage. In China, the air is so dirty People wear masks everywhere they go, and the solar panels they put up don't work because the air is so dirty, the sun can't even make it to the solar panel. It's a problem. I agree. Where I disagree with the environment movement is on these three points. First of all, that the world is going to end in 12 years, or 11 years, or 8 years. There are no real, actual scientists who believe the world is going to end in just a few years. It's just not a real threat. Second, the humans are the problem and we need less humans. This is actually a very dangerous belief. We have had some mass shootings lately, and while the press tried to blame Trump and Candace Owens, what they didn't cover and hoped we would all just not find out about is that the shooters were radical environmentalists and thought the planet had to have less people in it. This belief system is telling girls to not have children, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Third thing I disagree with is the solution to give more power to the government in North America. As it turns out, North America is the best place in the world when it comes to the environment. We have the cleanest air, cleanest rivers and ponds, We have creative ways to get rid of waste. However, it's the countries with the most government control that are the worst environments to live in. Like I said, India and China are two of the worst. The whole continent of Asia is terrible. North Korea is a complete disaster. Basically, 
Find a country where the government has the most control and you will find the worst environmental damage. Find the country with the least government control and you'll find the countries with the least environmental damage. That's because the people living and breathing the air will make sure it's taken care of if the responsibility is left to them. So that's where I disagree. The doomsday idea, the less human beings idea, and the give government more power idea. But these three things are being taught to children who, by the way, do not have fully functioning brains. Just a reminder, your brain is not fully developed until you're well into your 20s. So kids are being told by the same people who tell them 1 plus 1 equals 2 that the world is going to end. And it's because there are too many people. And the only way to solve it is to let our government become a dictatorship. Then when they get home, it's on TV. The cartoons when they're little and the Disney Channel as they get older and all over Instagram when they're teens. And that's the problem. There is no other side given. It's the only message that they hear. And hearing the message over and over by trusted sources is exactly how brainwashing propaganda works. This leads me to tell you the story of a girl named Emma Lynn. Emma Lynn lives right here in Canada. She's a student at McGill University. She spent her life hearing these messages over and over. She also grew up wanting to be a mother. It was always her plan. But bring another human into the world when it's humans who are destroying the planet? Plus, we're all going to die in like 8 to 12 years and probably by a horrible death. So why would you have a baby knowing the baby will die in a horrible way before it's even a teenager? So Emma started a movement, a birth strike. She will not have a baby, will not fulfill her dreams of being a mom until the adults solve the climate problem. So Emma, if you're waiting for China and India to get their act together, you're going to go your entire life with no children. And by the way, India and China don't care if a white girl in Montreal, Canada has a baby or not. It's kind of like when a toddler says, I'm going to hold my breath until I get what I want. Okay, have at it. But honestly, I feel bad for these girls. By the time the 12 years have passed and they realize everything is basically the same as it was, we're not only not dying, we're doing just fine as long as you don't visit China. But by that time, they're going to be well into their 30s and having a first child in your 30s is kind of hard. And she may end up not having the opportunity to have one of the greatest joys of life raising a child. But Emma isn't the only one. It's caught on and a lot of high school and college girls are joining the movement. But what if instead they had children and then they pushed their kids into the sciences, gave them opportunities at a young age to learn and understand science, find great schools with good science programs, and instill in their children the need to find solution to China's air pollution and the ocean disaster. We could have a whole generation ready to solve this problem. Wouldn't that be a better idea? Last week, there were two stories that happened at the same time. And these two stories show the difference in ideas between the left and the right when it comes to the environment and possible solutions. High school and college students on the left held walkouts and protested in the streets. There's some pretty weird videos for this. 
There's a video of a boy in booty shorts twerking in the streets while another boy throws confetti on him. Other kids glued themselves to a giant boat that was parked in the middle of the street. Others held signs and marched through the streets, but some of the signs, by the way, called for an end to Israel. In all three of these protests, there was a mess left on the street, confetti, leftover things from the boat, and signs that were abandoned after the protest. Also, in all of these situations, cars were unable to drive and traffic was held up, causing cars to idle in the streets. At the exact same time, a group of high school and college students on the right went to San Francisco and put on hazmat suits and cleaned up 50 tons of garbage off the streets. And in case you think you didn't hear that right, you did. I said 50 tons of garbage off the streets. This group, by the way, also hit Baltimore a few weeks earlier, cleaning up the streets there as well. Both these places, by the way, have been run by the left for basically forever, which is probably why they're such a mess. So while the left wore booty shorts and glued themselves to boats and made a mess, the right did something, actually got up and did something, picked up garbage bags and went to work. 50 tons of garbage that had been left, well, from the left. These two examples show perfectly the difference between the two sides. They both see that there is a problem. One side wants to tackle the mess and clean it up. The other one wants to protest and tell the government to tackle the mess and clean it up. This leads me to where I started, a teenage girl from Sweden. One teenage girl started a weekly protest on her government's front lawn, refused to go to school on Fridays until they saved the world from the doomsday about to hit us all. A man walked by and saw her and was so moved he decided to help out by letting her use his social media platform. She went viral and before you knew it, she was invited to the UN to speak. At least that's the story we were told. But is it the real story? Her name is Greta and this is her story of how she became an instant celebrity. Greta is from Sweden. She's from a well-to-do family with a lot of social prestige. Her parents are actor... I'm going to try to pronounce this, savant and opera singer Malina. They're well known for their acting and singing, but also even more because they're activists. Greta, as a little girl, struggled. She would go months refusing to eat and would also become mute, unable to speak. She had night tears and these would leave her afraid to leave the house. She would have breakdowns sometimes as they were walking to activities such as dance and, re and would refuse to take a step. The family would then be stuck in that spot for hours. Greta's little sister had the same symptoms and finally, Greta was diagnosed with Asperger's syndromes, high-functioning autism, and obsessive-compulsive disorder. The diagnosis helped her parents understand Greta and her sister who also received a similar diagnosis. Greta's mental illness continued, but she was able to get help and treatment since they now understood her problems. Greta's parents thought a good treatment for her with her mental illness was to focus on the environmental movement. Her parents, through all of this, continued their activism in the environmental movement. Then in October 2018, Greta woke up at 3 a.m. with a nightmare. This time, the nightmare was that the world was ending, burning, and everyone was going to die. 
She would not let the idea go. If you know anything about Asperger's or about OCD, children with this can become obsessed and will normally obsess about something and refuse to let it go. The TV show Parenthood does a great job of showing the realistic way this impacts a family because one of the child characters struggles with Asperger's. Add OCD to that and you're not going to be persuading a child to change their mind. Greta began to tell people she could actually see CO2. That is, of course, not possible. Greta began telling everyone the planet is burning up and we're all going to die. She became obsessed that her anxiety needed to be everyone else's anxiety also. If people didn't join her in her anxiety, she would become very upset. Around this time, her parents were started writing a book about their life. It's called Scenes from the Heart. Both girls helped in writing it. It is a journey of their struggle with mental illness and finding solutions to it. The solution to their mental illness was being an environmentalist activist. Greta decided she would stop going to school on Fridays and stand outside the Swedish parliament until they stopped the planet from burning. She wrote a paper and entered it into a competition run by the newspaper in her area. She took second place. Greta tried to get the other students who wrote papers to join her in her Friday strike. She had seen the Parkland students protest for gun control and thought they could do the same exact thing for the environment. But all the other students refused to participate. Now, before we continue with her story, you need to know the story of another man, Ingmar Rotzenhag. Imagine you're sitting in a boardroom. You're part of a think tank called Global Utmanning. Sitting at the front of the table is your founder, Christina Pearson. She's the heir to an industrial fortune and one of the most powerful women in Europe. She's also a politician, part of the Social Democrat Party. She has been the minister for the future. She also was the deputy governor of the Swedes Central Bank. Pretty powerful woman. Who else is sitting around the table with you? You take a look around. There's a guy named Peter. He's president of the largest employers association in Sweden. There's Johan. He's a construction unions worker and also part of the socialist party. There's a guy named Anders. He's chair of the Environmental Objective Council and also of the Anti-Grown Club of Rome. There's Katharina. She's the former CEO of Swedish Water and the advisor for International Energy Agency. She's also a member of the Green Energy Capital firm. This think tank needs to find ways to make the global market turn completely toward green. Imagine if they could make the government force people to buy their products. There's one man sitting there with an idea. His name is Ingmar. Ingmar was trained by Al Gore and has a we don't have time social platform whose goal is to convince people to allow the government to take control, not only allow the government to take control, but demand it. Ingmar has spoken at an event in May called Climate Parliament with an opera singer named Marlena. Her daughter Greta was young, very charismatic and very focused on saving the planet. He had just received an invite to a strike she was holding and she's going to be reading a paper she'd written on the climate emergency. As you look around the table, people are 
mildly interested. But as Ingbert goes on and begins talking about the girl, you notice that everyone's becoming more interested. She has Asperger's and has a new book coming out about her family and how they use the environmental movement to save their daughter. What if, what if they made her speech go viral? What if they made her go viral? You look around the room again. It's full of politicians, bankers, members of the energy sectors, powerful people with secular interests. There's union leaders, high-paying lobbyists. People are going to argue and fight back against these people. But no one will fight a little girl with Asperger's syndrome. What if she could be their new face? So Greta steps out on the lawn that day and gives her speech, and the man named Igmar happens to walk by and discover her. He puts her speech on his social platform and does his magic to make sure that she goes viral. The other board members begin inviting Greta to speak at their events. They don't tell her what to say. They only read her speeches and make a few corrections, help her know how to deliver the speech, and then put her out there. So to be clear, she still has Asperger's syndrome. She still is OCD. She still thinks she can see CO2. She still thinks the planet is actually burning and she still has high anxiety about it. Now, I have a 16-year-old. Do you know what a good parent does when a 16-year-old girl thinks her world is going to end? You tell her it'll be okay. Her world isn't going to end. Because at 16, there's a new reason to think your life is literally over every week. A parent is supposed to stay calm and give the child a better and bigger picture, Greta. There are places in the world where people are doing terrible things to the planet, and it is not good. But there is no scientific evidence that the world is burning. In fact, the world has not warmed up at all since the 90s, and it might even be cooling The world is not going to end in 8 years or 12 years or even 100 years. The best thing you can do is keep studying science and learning so that when you're older, you can do something to make a difference. What should you not say to a child with OCD and autism who thinks the world is burning up and everyone's going to die in 8 years? You're right. We're all going to die. Now, tell everyone how that makes you feel while I record you with my phone and make you go viral. Right as our book comes out. Perfect timing for this meltdown. So Greta, with the help of the board members from the think tank, becomes a celebrity. Her father becomes her manager and she becomes famous. People call her the new Joan of Arc. By the way, not really. Joan of Arc actually burned to death at the stake. And just a reminder, Greta's not actually burning. Please stop telling this child she's burning. She's then invited to the UN to speak to the world leaders about climate problems because if you're going to invite an expert, it should be a 16-year-old whose entire knowledge about the subject won a second place in a local newspaper competition. What I believe is that we need to stop scaring the children. Maybe if you can't get people to take you seriously, then just fix what you're saying Don't get a 16-year-old to be your face so that people will be too afraid to criticize it. I was hoping that people wouldn't be completely naive and actually think that this 16-year-old did this whole thing herself, 
but I apparently had too much faith in our society. Pretty much my entire social media feed is people worshiping this girl and absolutely flipping out if I point out anything wrong with her. She's been on the news. She's here in Canada now. She visited our prime minister. She's winning awards. Do you honestly not understand that there is a group of people behind her, lobbyists, people from the socialist government, bankers, and that she is their puppet? Do you really not understand that? Okay, as a Christian, what do we do with this? First, God commanded us to take care of the planet. He told us, by the way, to take care of it by having dominion over it. So don't trash the planet. Treat animals with respect. Do actual things that help. Go get a bag and go out and clean up garbage. Be the person in the hazmat suit, not the person glued to a boat. Second, respect the environment, but do not worship the environment. Remember, you can only worship the creator or the creation. You can't worship both. So you have to choose. Choose you this day who you will serve, the creator or the creation. Third, if you want to make an impact politically, start movements that will pressure the governments in North America and Europe to refuse to deal with China and India until they get their act together. That's a much harder solution, but one that will actually work. Fourth, have kids. God literally commanded us to have kids, lots of them, and raise them to be good people. I've started a new video series called The Environment. The first video is up and the second one will hopefully be up later this week. Follow me on social media to know when I post them. In the first video that is up now, I explain how our family lives, how much I love nature, and why I was very much into the environmentalist movement, and then why I walked away from the movement. Also today, my newest episode for Church History is out. It's called Mohammed, and it's all about, well, I guess you can probably figure that out. It's all about Mohammed. Please subscribe and let other people know about this podcast. That's history behind the news for this week. I will see you next week. In the meantime, for more podcast, blogs, and videos, check out lauraleesiemens.com. 